we are going to go to Ezekiel 37, 1 to 10. Hallelujah. Amen. Would you read with me, please? The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord. There are two realms. You are in Christ. Christ is in you. The reason that there are two realms is because you are in sin, or were, you are now in Christ. Sin was in you, now Christ is in you. There are only two options to life. One, you're either in the spirit or in the flesh. You cannot be in both. You either live it your way, do it my way like at Burger King and get charcoal broiled. Or you do it God's way and get blessed. No in-between here. Read. And set me down in the midst of the valley, which was... Now, say that again, full of what? All right. Now, say it again. Say roundabout. Say dry bones. Now, I want you to see how God spends time to explain this. Read. And behold, they were... Oh, wait, wait, wait. They were what? Number two. Number three. Whoa, wow. Why is God spending all this time trying, uh, explaining that? Wow. Next. Read. And he said unto me, Son of man, say that word live. Say it one more time. How many of you teach? The law of the teacher is what? You keep repeating until... They get it. I, when I was pastoring in Trinidad for 14 and a half years, had a great church. And one of my board members came to me and said, why are you preaching on the same thing every Sunday? I said, until you get it. Why give you new stuff when you haven't caught the stuff I'm giving you? Make no sense. Say live. And I answered, oh, Lord God. Now, what a prophetic cop out. God's asking you a question and you are telling God, you know? God knows that he knows. God wants a yes or a no. But the prophet could not give him a yes or a no. Major prophet, by the way. Next. Again, he said to me, to these, and say unto them, hear the of the Lord. Next. Then said the Lord God unto these, Behold, I will, behold I'll cause, stop, say breath. So if I were to give my message a topic, it would be when breath meets death. There are some kinds of things in your life that only the breath of God can heal. The spirit of God or the expression of God. All you love, all your connections, all your friends, all your whatever will be incapable of touching that part of you apart from the breath of God. Watch. I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall. Now teachers, remember. You shall what? Okay, next. Now three things happen when breath comes. One, I'll lay sinews upon you. Two, I'll bring flesh upon you. Three, I'll cover you with skin. Four, and you shall 
he, knowing the scripture, knowing the Torah, knowing the prophecy, said, uh, you know, can you live, boy? Can they live? You know. Lord, they're so dry and they're so bleached and they're so scattered and they're so disaggregated and they're so detached that even me, with all my knowledge, I cannot tell you that they will live. Now you may say, what is this valley of dry bones? Uh, it's not one valley. It was a valley that spanned from one end of the world to the other. If you study Ezekiel 36, the nations of the word that swallowed Israel, they were called the graves. So Israel was buried in graves from one end of the world to the other. And history tells us that they were buried in 104 graves. Now here's the issue. Who in the world has the power to go into 104 countries in a dry, bleached, detached, disaggregated bunch of bones and from one end of the earth to the other with the breath of God You know, they tell me, and I haven't reached that place. I don't even want to say yet. But some people tell me they know when rain's coming. They're bones. <laughs> Act up. Who in the world has the power? God didn't ask him why you're dry. God didn't ask them how you're dry. God didn't ask them how long you're dry. God didn't ask them the reason that these things dried up. All he said is there's going to come a moment in time when sovereignly I will send my Holy Spirit into your valley and hell can't hold you and the devil can't bind you and nations can't imprison you. When my breath comes, I will come into that valley and there will be a revival in a so before I go ahead, you have to ask the question, what has the enemy tried to dry up in your life? He's not after your trash. He's got enough of that. He's after your treasure. And you are treasure. Now, if ever you think like trash, you are not thinking like God. God doesn't look at you like trash, no matter what happens, no matter what failure, no matter where you came from, no matter what your status is, no matter whether you're rich or poor, bond or free, God doesn't look at you like trash. He looks at you like treasure. And that's what the enemy wants to dry up. Your fountain of joy, your fountain of peace, your fountain of favor, your fountain of anointing, your fountain of vision and dream and expectation. Hell wants to dry it up. But mister, I got a word for you today. Almighty God is about to walk into that graveyard right here and right now in Cross Point Church. He's about to breathe on you and life will come. You shall. Watch this. The reason why God stressed open valley was because. The exposed dead was a scorching disgrace to Judaism. They never left a body dead, exposed. They always buried. That's why Christ was buried. God looks and says, a valley of dry bones. Think about this for a minute. I have known people that their relatives died and they prayed for God to raise them an hour after. 
a body buried doesn't become bones overnight. It takes a long time. So you never see somebody 25 years after somebody's dead going to your graveyard and say, they've been so what God is saying is Israel you've been dead for 2500 years and you've become a valley of dry bones but I am not concerned with the length of time you have gone through your trial what I'm telling you right now is I'm going to walk into that valley and when I walk in time does not matter I will take you by my Bible says in Isaiah 66, 8, the nation was born in one day. What the devil did in 2,500 years, God undid in one day. So my question to you today is this. How long has the enemy tried to dry up something in your mind, your emotions, your heart, your body, your marriage, your finance, or whatever it is? My question is, how long has death tried to reign over something in you and it died? There's nothing in me that's right up. I'm happy for you. You're one of the few. Why do you think the dryness is the number one attack of the enemy? The number one attack of the enemy is to dry up your faith, dry up your hope, dry up your vision, dry up your drive, dry up your dreams, dry up your expectation, so you live life in your own little world. Because demons walk in dry places. So when the enemy puts dryness on you, temporarily he is easing his torment. Having things dry up in you is accepting the torment of the enemy and for a moment relieving him. I want the devil to know something today. I am not a garbage can. I am a temple. I want the enemy to know something today. I have been created by God to house the presence of God, not to house the dryness of hell and the enemy. I want to prophesy over somebody today, and I want to tell you whatever the enemy has tried to. How many of you know you were created to be anointed by the Lord and blessed by the Lord? Would you say amen? That has nothing to do with your perception of yourself. Because that comes from a different realm. Watch. When eternity steps into time, everything that happened to you in time has to surrender. Because eternity is a higher dimension than time. And I was just stopped in my heart by the Lord to tell somebody. You ever heard the word self-image? I hate that word. I don't like it. It's a personal thing. I don't like it. Somebody belly, you have to think good of yourself. No, yourself has to be put on a cross. Now, I don't ha need self-image. I need God's image. And in getting God's image, then I get proper. So I don't know today if something has dried up in your mind or your heart, your emotions. I came to tell you that when the breath of God 
been at cross point many times and i've always enjoyed it i enjoyed it a little more this time because of wagon bones do you know i had barbecue three days in a row twice a day are you laughing it's the god's truth and i had chicken and ribs and since i lost weight i now have the wonderful privilege of putting it back on I can eat like a hog. And ask my wife. I do. But let me tell you, I have come here many times. Let me tell you what I told him. The spiritual level of the people today is higher than I've ever seen it in this church. And listen, I've been doing this for 50 years and 7 months. I'm qualified to tell you. You know what I mean? I'm not a novice at this. So I want you to know right now, and I, I want you to hear me, that when you go through your dryness, people will do you this. You can be assured that people will leave you like a derelict. Friends will do you this. But when you go through your dry places and hell is breathing fire to come upon you. And the enemy wants to put that dryness on you so that it eases his torment. Look what the Holy Ghost does. He walks into your valley and walks into your situation and walks into your family and walks into your body and walks into your emotion and walks into your mind and brings light. The word breath comes from the Hebrew word ruach. Look what it means. Air in motion. It means executive power. Watch. It means imparting warlike energy. When God comes and the Holy Spirit comes and the breath of God comes, it's like a warrior walking into your life. Is warring against all the dryness that is trying to keep you from your breakthrough because he hates it more than you hate it. So, so I want you to know right now in Cross Point Church, my God is imparting warlike energy through the Holy Spirit to war against the dryness that the enemy has tried to bring in your life. I want you to think for a minute. When you allow your heart to dry up, your emotions to dry up, your anointings to dry up, your vision to dry up, and your dreams, you are accepting the torment of the enemy and you are relieving him. Devil. I'm going to say something and you ain't going to like it. But this is my last service. Whenever I get up in the morning, the devil has a Maalox moment. You know what Malox does? The devil is under my what? So when I have to talk to him, he doesn't get the dignity of seeing my face. He sees two parts of me. You don't get to see my face, you yapping hound of hell. 
diabolical dodo, stupid sucker devil. You look at my size ten and a half. There is treasure in you that God wants to use. Don't become trash. You are destined to be trash. You came from a trashy life. I did. I was an addict. I was a fighter. I was a al precocious alcoholic at the age of 16. One, six. You couldn't tell me about Americans. I hated you all. 48 years we just celebrated. I can tell you, bro. I love you, man. Love you, sis. God has treasure in you. God has treasure in you. And hell will employ every tactic to dry it up. And you shall live. Fourteen weeks ago they said, I'd be dead. Do I sound dead to you, bro? I'm stronger now. I can eat more. Back then I had to watch what I... Have I ever sat down with both of you and talked that much? Ever. You know why? After I preach, I'd be tired. Now, I could visit for an hour and a half. I feel like God has given me new life. And one of the promises I made him is I will never be so full of the message that I forget the man because the man is the message. So I want to ask one question before I pour revelation on you. Pour it. This was all fluff and stuff. If you are here and the enemy of your life has chosen to treat you like a some person and he's tried to put dryness on areas of your life, and you would say, but Brother Bally, it's been dry for a long time. Length of time does not matter to God. I declare to you this morning, a miracle is going to happen in you. I can't believe Becca. She was on the guitar. And then she was on the piano. Wow. Becca. Good. To God be the glory. So let him raise you up. You remember that day I prayed with you there and I, I over your head I did this? That meant that the ceiling's gone, girl. So I want to do something before I go ahead. How many of you are here today and you would like to have that Holy Spirit, that breath of God, to come into your life and dispatch every ounce of dryness in any way. Would you say amen? I, what do you say, bro? You're doing all right. Still got all your hair. I want to say a prayer right now. Do you know the Holy Spirit can do more in one moment than I can do in a lifetime? If good preaching could motivate people, the church would be the most motivated place in the world. But it's not. But when the breath of God, when the anointing of God, when the executive of God, 
God is the legislature. He makes the law. The, Jesus is the judicial. He interprets the law. But the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, is the executive. He executes the law. So whenever God wants to execute power, he employs the work of the Holy Spirit. And the anointing breaks the yoke. So I'm going to ask you to do something with me. At the count of three, I want somebody that will say, I want that breath to flow in me. I want every ceiling to be broken. I want every bit of dryness that the enemy has tried to bring in me to be gone. At the count of three, I want you to stand up, and then we are going to shout unto the Lord, or say unto the Lord, breath of God, fill me. One, two, three. Breath of God, fill me. Would you say it one more time? Breath of God, fill me. Holy Spirit, just move over this church right now. And to anyone that is standing, oh, Father, these are your children. Some of them your servants, oh, Lord. We are crying out to you today. We are saved and we love you, but we want that breath, Father. Whatever dryness there is in emotion, in mind, in heart, in vision, in dreams, whatever it is, Father, to be dispatched by the power of the Lord today. Because we are treasure, not trash. And would somebody say amen to the Lord? May the rest of your life be the best of your life. Let me tell you a few things before I go to the four winds. I know I haven't got to the four winds yet. The Lord told them, uh, there's going to be a noise. There's going to be a shaking. Bones will come together. Boy, everybody wants uh, uh, tissue. Hey, I feel the same way. So, God told them, when breath comes, there's going to be a noise. There's going to be a shaking. Then he said, bones are going to come together. Say, come together. So the message was, they were scattered in 104 countries, but they will come together. So 600,000, and I had the honor of standing where they stood that morning when they proclaimed themselves to be a nation. I, I had the honor of going there and speaking, by the way, in that auditorium. So I'm authorized to tell the church today some things that have been broken are coming together. Then he said, after that bone to his bone. Now what God was saying by saying those four things is when my breath comes in the church, when the Holy Spirit comes into the church, look for any evidence of the moving of God to build your faith. Look for the noise. Look for the shaking. Look for the coming together. Look for bone to his bone. Look for the order. Look at what God is doing. Look at paying off the property. Look at how God is blessing his people. How many of you have things to look at that strengthens your faith to let you know that God is working? Would you say amen? Look at that. Pastor, this thing is so big, I... I I have to go to the four winds. All right. Sinews, that happens when breath comes as muscular strength. 600,000 Jews, which stood 100 million Arabs in 1948. Flesh, 
is that you're no longer a skeleton, but you're a solid nation. Skin is the border of the outward border of your body. Now God will give you borders. All those are pretty uh, filled with information. But let me go into the four winds uh, today. Uh, God says, uh, God created four winds with specific functions. Each has an assignment. The winds of God bring from heaven things to earth. That means whenever God gets ready to shift a breakthrough, a miracle, a blessing from heaven to happen, uh, to earth, it comes through the breath of God or through the Holy Spirit. How many of you, every time you are in church and you are feeling an extra moving of the Holy Spirit, God is bringing something from heaven into your house. We want that anointing. We want them. Look, look, look. Let me show you. God said that Israel is formed but has no breath. And they are church people that are saved with life but not anointed by the Spirit, have no power. God calls them slain. Being saved gives you life, prepares you for heaven. Being touched by the Holy Spirit gives you power, prepares you to live on earth. We cannot exclude the anointing of well I, I I don't know how he's gonna make me act so you are more dignified than God huh God is beneath your dignity you think God will embarrass you so understand this you can have a form but no breath Adam was formed and then God breathed breath because breath only comes to order let's go through the winds of god and then i'm going to say good morning song of solomon 4:16 the four prophetic winds of god read with me together would you awake oh oh so there is a north wind read oh so there is a south wind next so i have a garden we have planted by praise, by worship, by commitment, by dedication, by prayer, and by giving. You had a garden. You have a garden. How many of you are happy that even during COVID, you kept praising and you kept magnifying the name of the Lord? How many of you are happy you kept giving and you kept glorifying God? So what God is saying now, I will send the north wind and spices will come out of your garden. Let me explain spice. Frankincense, myrrh, acacia, cinnamon, many, many of them. All right. So brothers took Joseph and put him in a pit. They stripped him of his, dipped it in. So even in the pit, he resembled Jesus. Garment stripped ripped and dipped so he's there and guess what a caravan comes right next to the carrying spices so God gave his servant out of a pit a first-class ride on a business caravan 
on their way to where Joseph was going. So what God is saying to you is when the north wind blows, when the breath of God begins to blow, the following things will happen. The north wind will blow. Treasure will come. Precious gems will come. It will release the treasure and resources that have been hidden in darkness. When you are in need of supernatural provision. Now you, you have need of provision. And sometimes you need supernatural provision. My wife and I are so far me, but hopefully her. We are being scheduled to go to Indonesia and to Singapore and to Africa and to London and to Europe, then to South America, through the Caribbean, back home. So it's a big trip. Preaching, by the way. It's going to cost a lot of money. Not $10,000, not $15,000, a lot. So in order for us to have what we need, supernatural provision. The north wind. Can I tell you what one church is going to do for us? They called me and they said, we'll upgrade you to first class all the way. I don't even want to tell you what that cost. But they're going to do it. All right. How about the south wind? Oh, by the way, that's from the uh, Hebrew word safar, T-S-A-P-H-A. Next. Psalm 78, 26. Read. When, when the south wind blows, there is power, there is authority, there is influence, territory directions denoting power. This wind releases territory both physically and spiritually. The south wind releases an anointing to acquire and expand territory. all of a sudden new territory is coming can you imagine can you imagine and i'm just saying this to testify you know i don't talk about myself too much don't need to preach too good can you imagine one of my courses mine that i taught 40 hours with 690 pages of curriculum notes this thing pastor this thing was just adopted into the curriculum of an accredited college? Hear this. As a doctor's degree program. So they take my course and they get a PhD. Post hole digger. I am declaring over Cross Point that the north wind is blowing and treasure is coming. Let me tell you. Is it possible that cross point could go into that new building debt free because some gold from Egypt is going to come because of the north wind and when I say cross point I mean you is it possible for God to give some more territory and more breakthroughs okay let's go now uh, to Psalm 78, 26. Again, read. By his power he brought the... Let's talk about the east wind. 
It's the Hebrew word kadam, Q-A-D-A-M. It means a shift in position or rank. The east wind brings what was hidden in the back to the forefront. Number two, it creates divine connections and divine disconnections. God will disconnect you with everybody that's irrelevant to your future. Don't reconnect to what God has disconnected. Next, I know that sounds mean, but it's not. God uses the east wind to bring the right people into your life and to bring you in front the right people. Can you believe these winds of God? How about the west wind? Oh, I love this wind. Exodus 10, 19. Read. Stop. Read that again. So he is given more vivid description to the west wind. Next, why? Took the locusts, cast them into the... When the west wind blows, it's the Hebrew yom. We say yam, Y-A-M. It means to roar like a mighty river and a mighty sea. What God is saying, out of the turbulent changes happening within the nations, I will give a greater depth of revelation and knowledge and power because of the west wind. Let me put it a different way. There are four insects that are, uh, have an end time assignment. The locust, the caterpillar, the palma worm, and the canker worm. Four. One is the root of the tree, one is the bark of the tree, one is the fruit of the tree, one is the leaves of the tree. When they get done, ain't no tree. What God is saying, because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the power of the mighty, strong west wind, every locust... I have to wake up in the morning and think of something eating away at your life. All right. Let me say two more things and then we will pray. The end of the story is that Israel becomes an exceeding great what? That's right. Army. But just before that, she was a valley of a question. Why? Why two? Because when people look at you, they see bones. When God looks at you, he sees an army. Why? Because people look at you for what you are. God looks at you for what he'll make you. Do you know what I see today in front of me? An army. Now, some of you may be bones, but I don't see it. I don't. I don't. I see an exceeding great army.